you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Uh, we, we celebrate uh, mom and uh, Mother's Day and uh, to all the moms. Uh, we love you. Thank you. Um, just a thought. Nobody's here if it's not for mom. And uh, I also realize, some of us, this might be your first Mother's Day uh, with mom in heaven. And it's a little bit different. And, and we understand. We pray with you. Um, my mom is, is in heaven. It's comforting to know that uh, one day I will see uh, my mom again. I also know there are, there are some ladies who want to be a mom. And for whatever reason, circumstances haven't worked out quite yet uh, for you to become um, a mom. And we're praying alongside uh, you today. And, and some of you are about to be a mom for the very first time. And we'll celebrate uh, with you in this coming new year. But uh, really, here on our campus and online, uh, happy, happy Mother's Day. And the word that we're going to look at today, I think, really describes mom in so many ways. So if you've got your Bible, join me. We're going to be uh, in Galatians chapter 5, in 22 and 23 uh, today. And you know, we've been in this Bible study uh, simply called Juicy Fruit. We're looking at um, this question, how do you make the world better? It's a, it's a valid question. Nobody argues today that the world needs to be better. The question is how? How do we make this world better? Now, Jesus came in his own words said, I've come to make life better. And that's not just a Christmas story and that's not just a, an Easter story. Even when he went back to heaven, he says to his disciples, listen, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit. He will live in you. He will guide you and direct you. And so in Galatians chapter 5, where you now have your, your, your Bible open to, the Bible calls these characteristics the fruit of the Spirit. It's not something that we have to work up. It's not something we have to go to school for. It's actually an opportunity for you and I to say to the Holy Spirit, hey, Fill me, guide me, direct me. Let your fruit come out of me. So here, you got your Bible. Look what it says in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And verse 23, here's our word today that I think so describes mom, gentleness. Gentleness. There's something about mom's gentle touch in our lives. I don't care how old you are, those memories of mom, whether it be a band-aid on the knee or a comforting word when you didn't get asked out uh, on, on a date, whatever it might be, that gentle presence of mom. And I was thinking this week as we would lean into our Bibles together, as we would study together, where could we, where could we really learn from? And there, there, really the, the ultimate gentle presence in the universe is our Savior, Jesus. So in Matthew chapter 5, on the big Bible on the screen, here's what it says. 
Blessed are the gentle. These are the words of Jesus. This is the first sermon that Jesus ever brought. He is introducing his presence into the world. For, for 30 years, he's been quiet. Now he steps on the stage, and people hear him say for the first time, gentleness. Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. In other words, God blesses the gentle. It's an extravagant statement. I mean, think about it for a second. To the people who are gentle, God says, you inherit the earth. Everything you hope for, dream for. And I know some are saying, but hey, do, do you really believe that? And, and, and probably, if it wasn't the fact that Jesus said it, and because Jesus can't lie, I don't know that I would believe it. Because the culture we live in today, <laughs> the market-driven, the ego, the, the power broker culture we live today, you don't hear talk about gentleness. That, that, that's, not, that's not something that's get instructed. It's, it's really quite the opposite. We're, we're told that you're supposed to be the loudest and you're supposed to be the, the strongest and the most powerful and people look up to the, to the power. So we leverage our lives. We act in certain ways to exert our control and our power. But Jesus, if you're a follower and believer in Jesus, he says, if you believe that Jesus says he's the way and he's the life and he's the truth, if you believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died on a cross and became alive again, then you've got to wrestle with this statement that Jesus makes. He says, blessed are the gentle. It seems so counterintuitive, but I think it's because we're so confused. See, the strong people in our world, the strong people on your high school campus, the strong people in your family, the strong people in politics are the gentle. The weak are the arrogant. The weak are the rude and angry and, and bitter and mean. We are, we are confused about this word gentleness. So if you let me, I want to give you a definition. You can write this down. Here's a, a definition of gentleness. Gentleness is strength under control. That's what gentleness means. The, the Bible that you have your, your open right now, right? God's word, it wasn't written in English. It, it was written in Greek. And the Greek word prata, prata, what it literally meant was vision a wild stallion, all the strength, all the power of that wild stallion could crush your life. Prata means that wild stallion was brought under control. It became tamed. There's no less, there's no less strength in the wild stallion or the tame stallion. The difference is the tame stallion can be used by the master. Now we know this, right? In, in Ocala, Florida, because this is what? The horse capital of the world. We get this. And do you know, I mean, did you hear that last weekend, the Kentucky Derby winner, Medina Spirit, is from where? Ocala, Florida. The horse capital of the world. Not Kentucky. So sorry, Kentucky. It's right here. Medina spirit, all the power harnessed on one day. Do you know, 
and you probably don't want to know this, uh, that uh, Christy Whitman <laughs> bought Medina Spirit for $1,000. The Kentucky Derby winner was bought right here in 2019. For $1,000, then later sold for $35,000, and ultimately, last weekend, crossed the finish line as the greatest horse in 2021, the Kentucky Derby winner, a picture of gentleness, strength under control. Gentleness, think about even mom. Gentleness doesn't overreact. Gentleness is not driven by our emotions. And I, I can tell you at 55, I so much wish I had this message 20 years ago. Uh, I, I so much wish that I really understood. Because li listen, I grew up in the same America that you grew up in. The idea when someone insults you, you don't let someone insult you. You push back even harder, right? Someone kind of, you know, even, even mamas, right? Someone minimizes or hurts your, your cub. What's mama bear going to do? Kind of rise it up. Because there's this idea that we've got to be large, strong, loud, and in control. But the scriptures this morning. We want to make the world better, right? I, I want the world. I believe the world can be better. I believe my family can be better. I believe my neighborhood can be better. I, I believe our church can be better. I believe Ocala can be better. I believe Marion County can be better. Florida, the United States of America. The question is how, and I believe that if we'll learn that gentleness is strength under control, we will make the world a better place. Now, as I was studying this week, I got some good news for you. I mean, some really good news. As I was making my list of, of different kind of qualities and characteristics that I wanted to teach, I came up with 12 things that I wanted to talk about this morning. That was not, that's not good news. <laughs> the good news is eight of those things remain in my study, and I have four that I'd like to share with us. And I just think if we would learn these four, no more, just, just four this morning, I think that the world would just become better, and I so want this for us. Here it is. If you got your pencil, write it down. Cause, cause let, me, let me say something. I don't know one person who doesn't want the world to be better. The question is, How? And if we don't decide that we're going to be a part of the solution, then all we're going to do is continue to have the kind of experience we've been having. I don't want to have the continued kind of experience. And so you got to engage yourself. Our gatherings on Sunday prepare us for living Monday through Saturday. The message I'm about to get, what I'm about to share with you, it's not to go in one ear and out the other ear. It's to go into your, your ears it's to go into your mind, get into your heart, and to go be something for God. But if you just sit there and look at me, it's not going to make a difference. So get your number two pencil out, and let's make a difference in our world. Here's the first thing. Number one is this. Learning about gentleness is this. Gentleness minimizes conflict. That's what gentleness does. It diffuses us. It de-escalates it. It curbs us. Gentleness is an antidote to anger. Gentleness 
It is a vaccine to violence. How the whole world could be different if when you get all riled up on Facebook because something was being posted about you or about something or something you see on the news, everything changes. Notice Proverbs 15 and 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away yeah but mark what they said look what they believe look what they posted look what's going on somebody has to do something our tendency as humans is to mirror the emotion of the human being that we're interacting with actually it's neurological uh, the, the actual scientists call it it's called mirror neurons in your mind you have what's called mirror neurons so we mimic people's emotions so when you're around somebody who's getting loud your tendency is to do what get loud back and they kind of raise up their voice and you raise up your voice and they get a bit louder and you get a lot they get more upset and they turn up the temperature and you get it more upset and you get the turn and we can turn it up 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 and they get more depressed i mean hang around some people who are depressed hang around eeyore you are oh me or hang around Tigger, who's encouraged, and life has all kinds of possibilities. These mimic neurons in our, in our minds. Here's the, let me give you a tip. Let me give you a, an important tip. Listen, when others raise their voice, lower your voice. When others get all snarky on social media, pull pull back. Why? Because God says a gentle answer turns away wrath. Gentleness is strength under control. Watch this. Raise your words, not your voice. It's the rain that grows flowers, not the thunder. You want, you want to change America? Raise your words, not your voice. It's the rain that grows flowers, not thunder. Proverbs 25 and 15. A gentle word can get through to the hard-headed of a person. However hard-headed, however impossible, how irrational, it's the gentle word. Mark this down. You're never persuasive when you're abrasive. Now, I just helped a whole bunch of you out. You should be writing that down. Your family is asking you, right? They're, they're, they're pleading with you. Just hear me. You're never persuasive. You, you, you want to influence? You want to persuade someone from what they think, what they believe, how they're acting? You're never, ever persuasive when you're abrasive. And how you say what you say prohibits us from hearing what you've said. Ever have your spouse say, I, you didn't say, ever have like a conversation with your kids or your spouse or somebody online, and they're like, you didn't say that. And you're like, yes, I did. I said that. You didn't say that. Here's the problem. The way you are saying it, they can't hear it. You might have a very valid point, but how you say it prohibits us from hearing it. Gentleness is strength under control. Are you just a wild stallion out in the wild and you're just bucking and running and you have no, or are you willing this morning to be under the control and the power of the Holy Spirit to be used by the master? Gentleness 
minimize this. Can I, be, can I give you a second thing? We're already on to number two. Are you ready? Here it is. Write it down. Gentleness disarms critics. I wish some, I'm, I probably should say it this way. I'm glad that when I was going through Bible college, seminary, that nobody told me that like, um, as a pastor, you will be criticized. Daily, hourly. I probably wouldn't have been one. I had this notion that I'm gonna be a pastor. And everybody who goes to church loves Jesus. It is well with my soul I mean it's just Christmas and Easter and we're gonna pray together we're gonna love God together and the idea and I remember when the criticism started coming I had I had no tools no they taught me how to study Greek and they taught me about Hebrew and and and, and I knew the 66 books of the Bible and, and and I learned how to set up a back in those days we called it Sunday school classes and I knew how to do weddings and funerals but nobody ever taught me how to deal with all the criticism and here's the deal is I'm 55 and I'm just now starting to learn and I have carried wounds and I have played soundtracks in my mind over and over that I'm less than and I have no value oh I put on a smile for you but here's the deal. You know that too, don't you? Because that criticism came from that coach and came from that teacher and came from your first spouse or comes from your parents or your kids or your boss or somebody. And that criticism gets down inside of you. And it just, it tears you up. And even when you try to think things that are good and positive and you try to start anew, there's that soundtrack, there's that phrase, that critical spirit that just, and it holds you back. Let me share something else with you. The more successful you get in life, the more the critics are going to show up. The more you risk The more opportunity for failure. And let me tell you, the critics, they will remind you of all of your failures. You trust God with your life, and the critics will let you know. You love people, and you invest your life. The critics will show up like love bugs in May. <laughs> they are everywhere. So the question is, how do you respond? Well, what is the tool? When somebody just tells you that you're no good, and you're... you're, 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 you're you're wrong, and I mean, how do you, I mean, it happens this week, I get letters every single week, well, you know, you should have done this, you know, you should have thought that, I can't believe you thought this, I can't believe you think this, all the, how, how do you, and, and talk about social media, I mean, just say anything on social media, and they come out, I mean, they just come out, they troll you, they bait you, and here's the problem, is most of us take the bait, they say something that is absolutely incredulous, you're like, oh my goodness, and you're looking at it, and you're saying, oh, somebody needs to push back on that that's so wrong that's so evil right i can't believe it you just get angry and you just get pulled in i got really good news for us god's word speaks to this notice first corinthians 4 and 13 we appeal gently or we appeal we respond gently when evil things are said about us 
Boy, I tell you, I have failed in this area a lot of times. A lot of times, boy, I tell you, it came back, and, and I was convinced. I got to counter that. And I would in my mind say, wait a second, what they're saying is not true. What they're saying is wrong. I need, I need to make sure that the truth is known. And so I would push back, and then they would push back, and I would push back. God's word says we respond gently. You see, when you retaliate, listen, when, when they say that thing and it hurts you, they're below you. When you retaliate to them, you're even. But when you respond gently, you're above them. It's a game changer. 2 Timothy 2 and 24. For a true servant, are you a true servant? Are you a follower and believer of Jesus? And by the way, listen, you don't follow Jesus because you're trying to get fire insurance so you can go to hell one day. That, that's not following Jesus. That, 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 that's craziness. Following Jesus says, I have stepped into this life. I have carried underwood it. I have said, Jesus, you take the wheel. You guide. You drive. You are the GPS. You are my God positioning system. I am your servant. And the Bible says, a true servant of our Lord Jesus will not be argumentative. Shut down your Facebook page today. Most of you are just on Facebook because you become addicted to your angry self. Shut it down. You know, mama was right. If you can't say nothing nice, shut up. And all this stuff that we get caught in and all this angriness and everything. I shut down. I, I have a Facebook page and I have Instagram for this ministry. Let people know what's happening. But I do not know what's happening. I'm not on there. I don't know what's going on. I'm thankful for people who get on there and do it for me. I'm just not... You want to lower your blood pressure? Put the medicine to the side. Just shut it all down. Shut it down. It says, should not be argumentative, but watch this. Are you seeing it? It's on the screen. But be gentle to the people who vote like you. <clears throat> be gentle to the people. Be gentle towards who think differently, act differently, identify themselves differently, vote differently, all the craziness that might happen in the world, and skilled in helping others to see the truth. See, as Christ followers, we have been commissioned by the Lord Jesus to help people see him. He is the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the life, I am the truth. He doesn't do truth, he is truth. Having great patience towards the immature. Verse 25, opponents must be gently instructed. Okay, so they do think differently. So they do act differently. The Bible says we must instruct them gently in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. Check out Titus 2 and 8. Your conversation should be so sensible and logical that anyone who wants to argue will be ashamed of himself because they won't be anything to criticize in anything you say. See, here's the deal. You might actually be right in the conversation. This is wrong. You see that it's wrong, and you're speaking into what's wrong. Or you would say that it's evil. You're speaking into it. But because you do it in an abusive or abrasive way, here's what happens. The conversation gets lost about what's evil or what's wrong, and now the whole conversation is about what? How you've been saying it. And forgive me if this offends anybody. 
there's a certain politician who's no longer a politician or the president of the United States, not because his policies weren't helpful, but because of the way he responded. You, you want a great example of how a life can get minimized. You want a great example. You can fly your, tr- your, your flag on the back of your truck and you can keep it posted all day long. But let me tell you something. Gentleness. And somebody who has a terrible policy, it's not best for the people. Let's just say they want to be manipulative. If they apply biblical truth, they will be blessed because Jesus says, blessed are the gentle. It's powerful. It's powerful how we respond. Let your conversation should be so sensible and logical that anyone who wants to argue will be ashamed of himself because there won't be anything to criticize. I'm telling you, there's an actual psychological term. It's called crazy making. No longer do you talk. You've had this with your spouse. You're you're talking about, you're arguing about something. It's content, right? And for whatever reason, the, the argument in the conversation no longer is about the content, the thing. It's now about how you're saying it. Can't believe you're doing this. All this kind of stuff, right? It's how you say what you say. Hey, are you ready for number three? Hey, we're already at number three, and I said there's only four. There's not 12. There's just four. This is so practical and so simple. Ready? Here it is. Gentleness first, it minimizes conflict, it disarms the critic. Watch this. I'm about to help some of you. Gentleness is attractive. All right, so all the singles in the house. Are you ready for me? Now you can go and you can go shopping and you can buy yourself a new outfit, right? You can get all kinds of enhancements to your body, you can get plugs. You do whatever you want to do, right? Make yourself pretty, pretty, pretty. But let me tell you something. Oh, my goodness. You can put all that paint on your face. You can put lipstick. You can have all the muscles you want, fellas. But when you're abrasive, you ugly. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi. You're ugly. M-A-M-A, your mama took one look and ran away. Your mama! I'm just telling you. Now you say, Mark, that's just your opinion. Except for here's what God says in 1 Peter 3 and 4. You should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. Get your gentle, attractive self on. I just helped some of y'all. Valentine's Day next year might be nicer, better. (laughs) I've been so alone because you mean. Yeah, he'll ask you out. Yeah, you got those muscles. Yeah, you got money. Yeah, you got your truck. You got all that stuff. You get in the door, but the problem is once you get in the door, you're so mean. They're like, where's the back door? Where's the side door? I'm getting out of this. What's going on? Okay, let me help us out. Okay, how do we get attractive? Attractive in our relationships. How about once you do get married? Look what the Bible says in Colossians 3 and 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. In other words, be gentle. It's a game changer, guys. 
Check out Ephesians 5 and 33. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. Or we could put it this way. Love your wife the same way you love your fishing pole. Or your bicycle. Or your ESPN. Love her the same way as you love yourself. And now, ladies, and the wife must respect her husband. Guys, let me say let me, let, me, let, me, let me set you up, fellas. You're like, oh, she doesn't respect me, PMC. I mean, her girlfriend's this, and with the kids, she says this, and all this. I understand. But l- l- let me tell you, I've never, I've, I'm just, I'm 55. I started pastoring in 89. I've never met anybody who, who oh, when a man is gentle to his wife, the respect isn't given. It's you showing up and bowed up, right, because something happened at work or something happened at the gym or you're just going to funk yourself and you think somehow. Listen, when the Bible talks about loving her and caring for her like the weaker vessel, that's not that she's weaker. It's like that precious, most valuable ornament that you put on a special shelf in the house. It's that that. That's, that thing that's special that you really care for, that you let no one. Someone else can borrow that, but they ain't borrowing that. It's caring for, it's loving, it's being gentle. I'm just talking about being attractive. Gentleness is attractive. It's attractive as you're dating. It's attractive as you're married. And now, on Mother's Day, it's attractive as you're parenting. I, I, I'm just saying to all the parents in the house, they are the way they are because you is the way you is. Amen. I, I, I mean, I, you, you can excuse it and you can blame it and you do all the kind of stuff. But you, you see, the problem is somewhere along the line, we've kind of thought that, that puppies and children are the same thing. They're not. Listen to what God's word says in Ephesians 6 and 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them, confuse them to the point of resentment, which demands that are trivial and unreasonable of humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. But bring them up tenderly with loving kindness, the word gentleness, in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Parenting is caught more than it is taught. And there's something about that gentle, that gentle, remember, gentleness is strength under control. Gentleness isn't you just sweeping everything under the rug and saying, hey, listen, do whatever you want to do. You know, I went to Hope on Sunday and, you know, pastor said I need to be gentle, so just walk all over me. You, you misunderstand. Gentleness is the Kentucky Derby winner. Gentleness is strength under control under control gentleness is attractive it's attractive as you're trying to you're trying to get somebody right to to date it's attractive once you do get married you continue to be gentle along the way if god blesses you with 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 children it's what attracts those children to you hear me parents please would you please write this down if you want your adult children to be your friends when they're adults choose to be their parents while they're children I'm just telling you, you got to find places every single day to say no. No. Let their little bodies get all agitated and wigged out because they're like, someone said no to me. It's going to be said. Teach them how to function when world 
events don't go how they want to go. Now you know what's going on on Facebook. You got a bunch of grown children who no one ever told them no. And so now they're yelling and screaming at everybody else that's out there on social media. Just be attractive. And if I can give one more under this area about being attractive, is being attractive to unbelievers. People who don't believe in Jesus. You, you see, there's nothing attractive uh, about you showing up with this big Bible and you're going to thump it over their head. You look at them and you say, turn or burn, right? And you look at all the discrepancies and all the terrible, no good things that they're, that they're doing. It's crazy when we have books that you can go buy today that say, I love Jesus, but I hate Christians. What in the world? How does somebody get to the conclusion that you can love Jesus, but we're Christians, we're Christ followers. The word Christian simply means we are little Christians. We are little Christ. We're acting in a Christ-like way. Unbelievers are looking at our lives. They want to see, is there any difference? When you're under stress, when an unjust thing is said to you, when something that's unfair, they're looking to see, is there any value? You're following after Jesus. Listen, there's nothing exciting because you get up and go someplace on Sundays. That Jesus didn't die so we had some place to go on a Sunday. Jesus died so that in a chaotic, crazy world, we could walk through peacefully. We could have a confidence we could say that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. There's like, hey, listen, no matter who might be against us, he is for us. We have this sense of hopefulness in a world that is hopeless. <laughs> Titus 3 and 2, the Bible says this. Believers, if you're a believer, this is to you. Believers shouldn't curse anyone or be quarrelsome, but they should be gentle and show courtesy to everyone. So you need to apologize to Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, did he just tell me? Tell me he didn't just say that on the platform at Church of Hope. You know the reason they killed your Savior? Is because he had dinner with the Caitlyn Jenners of the world. How far we have gone from who Jesus is. You want the world to be attractive. Now listen, I, I, I don't have to support. I've got friends who think and act and vote, believe something. I mean, they violently are in opposition. I've got a group of buddies that I have continued to have a friendship with that, that we meet up every... They think and they act totally different than any of my values. They've raised their children in a different way, the way they organize their life. It's all different. But here's the deal. You don't win your enemies to Jesus. You win your friends. And I'm just making it my life to build a bridge of love between me and other people for Jesus to walk across. The best days at Hope will be when half the people who show up on Sunday, they don't believe. They look different. They act different. The place for people who are looking to see whether or not Jesus is real ought to be to come into this space and see how our lives are so different. But we disagree. We malign. We demonize. The 
politic, the politics and the lifestyle and everything else that, that goes on uh, in, in our lives. Here, check this out. Look at 1 Peter 3 and 15 on the big screen. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. I do. So what does that mean? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness. See, people aren't going to trust Jesus so they can trust you. But people don't ask, is the Bible credible? They want to know, are you credible? Is Mark Cummins credible? Is what he says on a platform on Sunday what he says in the pool when he's swimming or out biking or running or in my neighborhood? If people like what they see, they'll listen to what you say. But I'm going to tell you something right now. You get serious about loving people who don't know Jesus and get ready to get criticized. I've never had anybody leave Church of Hope or say, I want nothing to do with you, Mark Cummins, because you believe the Bible, because you teach about Jesus, because you, you're the Holy Spirit. It's all the cray-cray. It's all the little stuff about, well, you know, I just don't think we should be, you know, you, 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 you know Mark, you're compromising, and man, someone has to stand up Someone has to stand up and say how wrong and how evil and look what those Democrats are doing or look what those Republicans are doing or look what those independents are doing. Look what's happening to our country. Somebody needs to stand up and push back to them. Yeah, what chapter and verse is that? Jesus came and he stood in the midst of all of that craziness. And he was so attractive that in the tyranny of the Roman government, and your government is even close to the tyranny of the Roman government. People flocked to Jesus. Gentleness is attractive. I said four, we're done. Here's the last one. It's predictable. It's probably what you've thought. Gentleness makes me just like Jesus. Oh, hey, can I give you something I forgot to just say right there? I should have said it earlier. It would have been cuter, but it, it won't. But I, all week I've been waiting to say this, and I didn't get a chance to say it. So can I have your permission to come back and say it? It's back under the point about um, gentleness is attractive. Can I have your permission? People say to me all the time, they, they say, I love it. I, I have to say this. You're going to know why I'm saying this, because it's just, it's, it's kind of cheesy, but I wanted to say it. All right, ready? Here, people ask me all the time, are you left wing or right wing? Anybody ever ask you that? Are you left wing or right wing? You know what I started thinking this week? I'm for the whole bird. <laughs> right, that's good. You left wing or you right wing? I'm for the whole bird, man. Come on, right? You ever seen, you know, a one-winged bird? They just fly around in a circle all around like that. Explains our country right now, right? Isn't that good? The Bible says a merry heart's good like a medicine. I just wanted to put that out there for you all today. It was a little bit heavier there earlier, PMC, but you got us back to laughing now. We're thankful. <laughs> Gentleness makes me like Jesus. Matthew 11 and 28. Come to me, Jesus says. All you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. 
In the book of Revelations, it tells us one day he's going to be coming in on a, on, on a white stallion. Oh, our Savior, do not, do not underestimate. He is a warrior at, at, at levels we won't even know how to understand. But remember, gentleness is strength under control. And, and walking off this campus today and being gentle, it's not something that you can work up. It's not something that you can fake. I, I, I've got a new friend, and she'll often kind of talking, Garrett, and she'll, she'll pause, and she kind of gives me this face, kind of goes like this, so look into the camera. She goes, and let's be clear. And let's be clear. The fruit of the Spirit isn't something that you can do. It's not something that you can manufacture. It's not something that you work harder on. You read a book about manipulate the fruit of the spirit belongs to the holy spirit it comes let's be clear it comes from yielding to the holy spirit it comes from allowing the holy spirit to let that gentleness flow in and out it's an inside job maybe today you do feel the weight of the world I'd encourage you to begin a relationship with Jesus. You can do that right where you are, right now. I was in Okinawa, Japan in a USO, and I wanted, I wanted Jesus. So I had a conversation. You can have this very conversation right here, online, right now, right here. Just, just right. Hey, Jesus, save me. I've sinned. I believe you died on the cross and became alive again. And Jesus, save me. We've made it way too complicated. If you just prayed that in your heart, in your mind, online or in this space, I'd love to help you grow. And you can take your smartphone and you can text the word today to 63566 and we'll follow up and we'll help you grow in this. Or you could use the cards at the chair. What I know is this, is the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. That, that's His fruit. And the question we got to ask this week, Garrett, is who can I practice gentleness with this week? It's not enough to just know about it. The question now is, who do I go out this week and I practice? I'm asking you that question. Who do you go and practice? Think about it. Who? I'm going to give three things to you right now. You can take a picture. They'll be on the screen. Or you just write them down. I'm going to give you three who's. You don't have to use my three who's. But if you need three who's, use these who's. Ready? Who can I practice gentleness with this week? How about this one? Someone who serves me, be understanding, not demanding. Well, that's good. Someone who serves you this week. I'm talking about the service industry. When, when you go and you go to the restaurant and that single mom who's hustling, and your eggs ain't just right. You ever been to, you ever been to a restaurant sometime with somebody? I mean, I, the other day, I, I, when I go to McDonald's, I, I, I get black coffee. I think, I think they got good coffee. And I'm telling you, there was a person in front of me, and they were ordering their, their, their cheeseburger and whatever it was, and I, I'm just saying, you're in the wrong restaurant. They're about taking this off and taking this on, and the girl, she was trying to find something on her screen to punch 
to be able to put the order in just right. And the person's getting upset, and you could tell the girl was just training. And I'm just telling you, be gentle, people who serve you, teachers, your kids. I won't talk to you about my kid. There might be something to talk about, but be gentle. Someone who serves me. Be understanding, not demanding. Can I give you a second? Who? Your who might be different than my who, but if you need a who, let's use these who's. How about this one? Somebody who disagrees with me. Be tender without surrender. That good. That could be a song. Be tender without surrender. Hey, you don't have to, you don't have to cave in to your values. You don't have to compromise. You don't have to call something that's wrong right. I don't have to agree with people and some of the things that they're doing in the culture. I don't have to surrender what I believe in, but I can be tender. I want the world to change. I I, I want to see the world get better. And you're never persuasive when you're abrasive. And so when you disagree with somebody, it's okay, disagree with them. But be tender. You don't have to surrender. In a cancel culture world that we live in, we need a renewed church. You never get your point across by being crossed. And some of us need to leave today and decide, am I trying to make a point or make a friend? All right, here's the third who. If you're looking for a who, maybe you have your own who. If you need some other who's, here's some who's that I'm suggesting. Who can I practice gentleness with this week? Here's number three. Somebody who disappoints me. Somebody who I'm really disappointed with. Be gentle, not judgmental. When people write letters and they crit- critical or upset with me I, 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 I've learned over the years I just learned to love people I did, as a younger pastor I didn't I was convinced hey let's meet we can talk about it I can share you the truth and, all that, and, and it, 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 went no, it went nowhere so I've learned just to be gentle people say things that I'm just like how in the world listen there's things to criticize Mark Cummins about listen I, I know ask me I'll tell you the things to criticize me about I shave his face every single day I know all about that guy but that thing, I have no idea in the world how you came up with that thing. But, but I, just be gentle. Here's what I know. And this is what I'm practicing. When people are critical, it just tells me they're hurting. Hurting people hurt people. And yes, it hurts when someone's critical towards you. But you got to make a decision this morning. Are you going to perpetuate the hurt or will you let the hurt stop with you? And it's all on how you choose. This is a good word. This is a misunderstood word. And let me just say, we walk off this campus today and we practice gentleness. Well, some of y'all are going to get a date. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> some of y'all have been looking and been watching. You're going to get a date, right? Send me a thank you card. 
some of us, our marriages are going to become healthy again. Some of the relationships, and it's not going to happen overnight, but I will tell you, you'd be surprised how effective. In our neighborhoods and Facebook and Instagram and in our, in our city and in our county and in, in our world, we all want the world to be better. And you can watch that box, and you can see all the stuff and read in the newspaper and see all the wrong that's in the world. You've got to make a decision, Christian. Are you going to keep cursing the darkness or are you going to step up with the Spirit of God and let the juicy fruit become the light in the world to see the change that we're all looking for? Father in heaven, I love you. How this word has so radically transformed my life personally and the healing that you've done in helping me to understand it. I first have to give you all that honor and glory. Thank you. Thank you for your word being as relevant in 2021 as it was when the Apostle Paul wrote it from a prison cell in Galatia. And now, God, I ask for all of us that we would walk off this campus today and be gentle, strength under control, that we don't have to be doormats and we don't have to call something that's wrong and evil right or good. But how we respond in this culture, how I love Linda and how I'm gentle with her, with my daughters, with the people I work with. God, help me on Mary Camp Road with all the people driving there now. Help me, God. Help us make the world better, Holy Spirit. We yield our hearts we yield our minds this morning to let the fruit of you flow through us. I sure do love you, and I love these people. It is in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, that we pray. Amen. Peace.